Welcome to Women About Business, a weekly conversation where we focus on African women being about our business. I'm Kimberly Ofori, and join us as we dive into the world of noted entrepreneurs and learn more on how to start, run, and grow your business. I'm well. I'm always good to see you. When I see you, I just light up with energy. So yeah, <laughs> I'm well. How that's you good. That's that. That's that entrepreneurial spirit that you just get to, you know, encourage each other. It's it's like a distant, invisible force. You're glowing, though. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. A uh, week has gone through all kinds of craziness, but um, uh, you know. Um, 2020 should teach everybody and including myself that health is the primary thing to be happy about. That's right. it. I know. Absolutely. I think it's so spot on and we've been, we've been saying it, I think it, probably from like 2010 to going up to 2020, you know, health became very important. It became very trendy to be fit and to, yeah. work, to eat and, you know, but we were kind of doing it but not really intentionally so. And now yeah. that we're forced into this kind of lockdown, into this kind of doing things for our own and vying for ourselves and really watching also our mental health and everything else and finding out how much we do have that we should be grateful for, probably yeah. the most important one being healthy. Most of us that are watching today, that are tuned in today, you know, we are perfectly fine with yeah. making- few things that we don't have, but we're healthy enough to sit here, to have a conversation, to engage. And that's, that's I believe, the, the main thing to be grateful for, because there's so many people that don't have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would, uh, I'm co-signing on that one. <laughs> and how, how has been your Sunday? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I, I've, I, I've been trying to fight off this, this flu coming up. But um, yeah, I think... For me, I had a very hectic past two weeks and I was very intentional about trying, uh, making sure that I make some time for myself um, yeah. yesterday and today. And so I did. So it's been, uh, it's been peaceful so far. Yeah. I hope, I hope it's, uh, you just have to kick it, kick it back <laughs> <laughs> with, with some extra ginger or something. Yes. Something. Yes, bring it out. Definitely. <laughs> great. Great. <laughs> Well, definitely, uh, it's it's been a month. Uh, time flies. I mean, uh, last time we've had, we were talking about entrepreneurship and and financials, and now it's to social entrepreneurship. Um, could could you share with us how did we even come to this to this topic? So really, and obviously, we planned these things ahead of time. But um, we were, I was, I I, I worked together with with the, with our guest Marianne Spear on uh, her. Um, company Femstart and when all of this was happening this month has really well June has really shed a light on also the 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 kind of things that still real life and real world problems that we are still needing to fix and one of those things being, you know, how are we going to impact more lives to have better lives, better qualities and standards of living, but also how are we going to empower those who are trying to do that because they're not getting equal opportunity. And yeah. so 
we as women are part of that group unfortunately still in the in this in this 21st century where you know we are doing a lot of the work we're usually on the, on the front lines um creating impacting making change making a difference but yeah. we are not seeing um from our from the market from the people who are in power from the people who hold the funds and who have the money um you know kind of the response to that so and, and yeah. when i say the response it means you know being allies being of in financial support being fair in deciding who gets funding and who doesn't and yeah. being fair in kind of what networks you are able to to flow in and to grow in and so what really inspired me was that marianne set out and she said you know what we can talk about it or we can do something about it and she set out to do something about it which she has you will see when she introduces herself has been doing over the course of her career you know seeing a problem it not being handled by the people who probably should be who have more power and influence than we might think we have and then yeah. taking it on and so she started this um this accelerator for women and she will tell us more about that but yeah. you know we need to start and vivian just said it like great minds think alike we need um we need to be our own sponsors right so instead of us saying you know we're going to look at people who already established and try to get into the with them which we have been doing for decades to remind mm -hmm. some, some of you now it's time for us to stand up and be our own advocates and be our own sponsors and be um so Marianne was able to get to a certain point in her career where she can now reach down unfortunately reach down and help other women come up so this is really how we got here and i'm super excited to discuss this it's such a timely topic and so important yeah i love that i love that so there has been tons of conversation that has been has been going on uh i would I, that's what i'm hearing right absolutely i love that absolutely love that uh i'm going to announce our special guest that we have here <clears throat> but before we do that we have like some of our loyal listeners <laughs> that have just tuned in uh, Vivian Aqua, who is uh, who is in inter interacting with us, and and she's saying, you know what? Also, we need to rise up and speak up. We need mentors and sponsors. I'm loving the energy, Vivian. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Edwin Awa, uh, also a shout out to you. Uh, that's my manager from uh, from UK, uh, who is always supporting, doing even more than supporting. Uh, he's he's pretty much bringing in the people that we've some of the most impactful people that we've had here on uh, on the show. He's been bringing them in. Uh, shout out to uh, Nene McRich, uh, Nene Kwesi, who are all listening. Uh, do share it on your timeline uh, that uh, we are having a, a women about a business uh, moment. Uh, the lady that I'm going to uh, introduce, or Kimberly, should I give it to you, or can I give the official? I will, I will, I will let you make the decision. <laughs> you do it so much better than I do. Please go ahead. Okay. Well, here is a, a, a woman uh, of, of true impact, international impact, as we would uh, say it. I know her. I've heard her name drop many times. And even from our, our motherland, uh, Ghana, because even there, she is making her impact on her own. Um, and uh, let's just say she is... Um, a multitasker, <laughs> that's that's how I would call her, a social entrepreneur, consultant, CEO, and founder of TEDx Amsterdam Women and Femstart. 
which is uh, an organization that Kimberly also just uh, mentioned that she is part of, which is an accelerator program for women entrepreneurs. Uh, all that she does embodies women entrepreneurs, the strength of women and the possibilities of women and all they could do from industries such as tech uh, uh, to public speaking and so much more. Uh, let's just get her on. And if you can welcome her in the comments, uh, give her a welcome, uh, give her a shout out, anything of that, uh, let's welcome um, Marion Spear. Hello. Hi, ladies. Hi. Can you hear me clearly? Loving yes, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to the hairdresser yesterday, you know. <laughs> Everybody is glowing on this show today. Oh. <laughs> That's that. That's that true uh, female power that is uh, that is needed on everyone's screen. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. How have you been, Marion? How has been your Sunday? Uh, my Sunday was quiet. I rested. I went to uh, Dutch Island this week. The Finland, uh, very nice to rest, but I work constantly, so. <laughs> Uh, I was exhausted when I came back, so I have to go on another vacation, but uh, oh. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not from a vacation. Yes. <laughs> that is hilarious. And so typical yeah. for entrepreneurs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to still be working, uh, yeah, at, at your end, but that's, that's really how um, a true uh, boss makes things happen. Yeah, and also because everything is online, you know, all the meetings, you cannot say, I'm not available, you know, you yeah. get plug in. <laughs> so, yeah, so that is, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I can't complain. I had a, a great Sunday today. Yeah, very restful for this uh, hectic week coming up. Yes. Awesome. Marianne, we obviously are so excited about you. Um, Thank for you. That uh, don't know who you are, could you please tell us who you are, what you do? That. Yes. Um, so I was born in Amsterdam, but uh, my parents went back to Suriname because they said it, for them it was important to raise their children uh, there. And then I came back to study. And uh, I have a background in communications and education. I worked at uh, uh, advertising agencies, and then I became a manager at the University of Applied Sciences in Amsterdam for eight years. After those eight years, I thought I really need to do something else. So I became an entrepreneur. And um, first uh, I was managing a few uh, cultural institutions and then I started uh, consulting, mostly uh, UN organizations internationally, but also governmental institutions. And now, uh, what I'm doing now is mostly consulting. I have a FemStart, so I founded FemStart last year, and I'm in the board of the Van Gogh Museum and the Van de Ende Foundation. Wow. Doing a, <laughs> doing a lot and so much, such a so much experience and so much to tap into. Yes, yes. Fabulous. I love to share. So, <laughs> I'm share. Absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit more about that transition from being a manager at a university and then deciding to go into entrepreneurship? What was it? Because you could have also said, I'm going into a different industry. Why did you choose entrepreneurship and how did that go? 
Well, because a lot of people said, you, you are an entrepreneur. And I was like, no, I have a nice job. You know, I'm making money. I don't need to, you know, I could become a director instead of just being a manager. But then uh, in 2009, I went to a TED conference uh, in uh, TED Global. Right. Was a conference, international conference, and I met so many inspiring people who were changing the world and making money. And I was like, okay, so you can <laughs> you can inspire people's lives, change people's lives, uh, and still make money. And um, and then I I jumped. I, I said, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, I'm going to start my own business. And the moment I said it, I had so many clients. That is also a danger. You know, you start working because you're so used to the salary. So you need to, yeah. you know, accept the clients. And then and then you find your own rhythm. But uh, this, there where it started, there's a lot of um, very influential entrepreneurs I've met all over the world, from China, Greece, the U.S., who inspired me to do it and also because i saw women like female entrepreneurs at that time in the netherlands i didn't see them that much i'm talking about 10 years ago they were not that visible um and and, and there i could see like real founders you know not people who like i come from wealth but just women who just set up their own companies and became successful talked about their struggles but were still successful so Yes, that inspired me to start my own business. And it wasn't easy because you're so used to the salary every month. You know, every month you have your salary and it was a nice salary. And uh, yeah, but still I I thought, no, I, I need to do it. And I just need to learn how to manage my, my own finances differently. Right. Yeah. As an it's so important to learn how to manage your finances. I love that. It seems that, you know, most of the jobs that you just mentioned have an international character, either it's abroad or something. How did that come about? I don't know. The first time I started, that is in the 90s, I worked at the insurance company. And then I said, I can translate documents and then they said well we don't have anybody for the international department do you want to work on the internet i said okay and that's how it started then every time i i said i want to do something internationally it is not that somebody asked me to do it most of the time i said okay i want to offer my my part and and yeah. then the, the the job was created yeah. so um yeah, I believe as women, especially black women, we have so many talents because our parents pressured us to be 10 times better. Yeah, <laughs> so We absolutely. have to show those other nine skills at our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And that's what I've always done, yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Um, so wh where did you, um, just because just listen, li listening to you, it seems that you've always learned to create an opportunity for yourself. How do you recognize which opportunities are there? Around? I mean, I think it could be quite difficult for somebody who comes in somewhere, you wanting to be just as good. That is pressure number one. Uh, booking results is pressure number two. You know, how do you even identify the opportunities there around in where do you take the boldness to be like, hey, I think this should be done? 
Yeah, so I, I think in within a company, it's important to network. So if you're an employee, you're not you're not an entrepreneur. It is good to network within the organization with other colleagues and listen to what's uh, going on, what the opportunities are, to be on top of mind of people, and also share your uh, your drives and what you really want in life. Sometimes. We're just so happy with the nine to five and we don't share what really inspires us. So if you also share that with your colleagues saying, hey, I want to do something internationally. I love languages. You're on top of mind of people and they will think, oh, there's there's a job there. Maybe you should try it. And then somebody can sponsor you and promote you within the organization. And that's the same with businesses. You need to have your elevator pitch when you're talking to people that people are aware about what you are, you know, capable of and what you're what you can offer. For me, I didn't have any issues during this uh, uh, Corona crisis with clients. I even had more clients. You know, yeah. I everybody I talked to, I would just and, and I wasn't like active in sales like people were just approaching me said hey i have a problem could you solve it because as an entrepreneur you solve problems and of course you need to be a specialist you need to be good at what you are so that people can say that oh you have to hire this person to solve this problem for you so there are many ways to find these opportunities but you have to speak up this is marianne i have to chip in because (laughs) This is something that I have been that I have been discussing. If you've seen any, I don't do many interviews, but if you've seen any of the things that I say when they ask me about, you know, what do you think is the number one problem of holding women back? And I wouldn't, I will not say the glass ceiling. I will say that we are afraid to ask for what we want and say what we want. And I think this is such an important thing that you mentioned that you are the living proof of of how it turns out when you do speak up. There is so much power in knowing, firstly, understanding what you're good at, then knowing where you want to go. Even if you don't know exactly, you know, kind of like, this is what interests you. And then being able to find a voice out what you're trying to, what you're trying to, to achieve and then tell the right people. And this is something that I, women ask me all the time, they're like, I want to, you know, I have ambition to become a manager, but, you know, if I tell them now, maybe they feel like, and then they go with the maybe, 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 which is how women are, right? We, we think ahead. We think we look to the future. We try to read other people's minds, thoughts yeah. that never existed. And then we just tell our, we talk ourselves out of opportunities before we even know if we could have gotten there. So my question to you is, is this something that you were trained, that you trained yourself to do? Is this something somebody told you? that you yeah. should have maybe seen it, or is it something that you just felt like you should be doing to, su- to succeed? Yeah, so I also read a lot of books. I have a lot of mentors. I don't do this alone. I always believe as women, you need to have a tribe. Women, yeah. uh, women and men that support you in everything you do, that you can go to them and talk to them. So, but you also need to have a strategy. So that is also I've learned from a book to have a, a life strategy and think about okay, where will I want? To, where do I want to be this year? Or where do I want to be in four years or five years or ten years? I yeah. think first to have a strategy is important, and then discuss it with your mentors, the people around you you can trust, and 
and and and can uh, show you the way. Like it isn't easy. It's not that you know I was like that it was nothing. There were some waves, of course, like when you yeah. in the ocean. But still, I believe also uh, the people who have done it before. One thing I've learned is uh, I was listening to a speaker and he said, when you surround yourself with only with people you need to help, something is wrong. You need to be surrounded by people who can help you, who, are, who know much more than you. Yeah. And that's what I always did. Every step I made, I surrounded. And sometimes you're in a space that you're like, oh my God, I don't know anything, you know? Yeah. But then you learn again, you know? And every time you learn again, you go into another space and you grow in another space. And and also be vulnerable. Uh, uh, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and, and tell people like, I don't know how to do this. Could you explain it? Could you help me out? How should I take this next step, you know? And when you have that attitude, people will be willing to help you. Then you don't even have to ask. Then they'll say, hey, I have this for you. I can help you with that. Do you need anything? I'm thinking about you. So yeah. I think uh, a strategy, being vulnerable, uh, have the right mentors, a tribe, people that support you, uh, family. Yeah, that helps. Yes. Right, right. So many, so many gems that were dropped. I want to play kind of advocate on one of the things that you mentioned. So there was recently there was a study performed in the United States that that mm -hmm. did, um, researched how um, staff and management responded to women um, being vulnerable and voicing out that they needed help versus how they responded to men and. Well, I don't have to finish my sentence. Like, <laughs> uh, the women were disadvantaged at many points. They were seen as incapable. Uh, they didn't have leadership skills. Um, they were insecure. They were not fit for their role. Men were seen as strong for voicing out, reaching out, um, and, and um, asking for help and being proactive. So knowing this, how do you strategically do this? Because I can, I can imagine, and I've experienced it myself, that you shouldn't be doing it in every space and with everyone. Absolutely. You need to do it with people you can trust, you know, right. and you have a relationship with. And if you're a manager, you shouldn't do it with the people you manage. You should do it with, like, the director you trust. Right. So there should always be, uh, you like, and that is why I said you have to start with a strategy. Because yeah. if you have the strategy, you know who you should talk to. Like if your strategy is to, you want a promotion to go higher, you don't go to the director who think that you will go after his Take job. job. You will go to somebody and you go to somebody who is on that same level and talk to that person, you know? Mm. So um, it is, it's, and uh, being vulnerable doesn't mean that you need to cry. Being vulnerable means you just ask for help and you yeah. say, and that, that doesn't come, you don't come from a weak space, you yeah. can be very strong and ask for help and just say, hey, I want to reach this and that. How should I do that? That is also vulnerability. The thing is that a lot of women don't even do that. So they don't, they don't, you know, ask for anything because we're so used to doing all everything by ourselves, especially black women. We, we don't ask, you know, we do it and then we, yeah. you know, we're never depressed. We don't have any stress. 
<laughs> Morgan is gonna let us go into stuff we don't have the time for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I know. Yeah, no, no. I thank you so much because I think there's a lot of women who are kind of even if you do understand that you need to be doing all of these things, you also and you, and you are somebody problem. who and follows all of these. Mm -hmm kind of research and topics, you also feel like, okay, so how do I then do this? But I thank you for clarifying, you know, it's all about strategy. It's all about being very intentional with who you are speaking to and for what. Yeah, you need to have a vision for your life. You know, you need to know where you're going. Like when I started, I didn't have a vision. It is not that you know immediately where you're going. You know, your vision grows while you grow older. And also your vision grows when you expand the group of people you interact with. So the moment your vision starts to grow, also your community, your tribe changes. Because you need people you can talk to who will understand and support your vision. Yeah. You know, and then you start moving forward and then you'll have the supporters and the mentors and the coaches and your tribe and your sponsors who will help you further. So it's a process. It's not that it happens, you know, and that is also the thing in this time that everybody thinks things happen immediately. It's not like the voice or the, you know, right. <laughs> it's years and years to build and build and also to understand yourself, to think about how you act, you know, reflect on your own actions. Like, what did I do well? What did I, did I, what do I need to improve about myself to go to that next level? And what I've seen, I've, I've been involved, especially also with black women, and a lot of times you'll say, I don't know how to go to that next level. But it is because the vision is not clear. The moment you have the vision, you can go to that next level. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's very important to lay that out, have a strong vision uh, before you embark on um, getting on a new. I don't hear. Uh... Role to know is. Um, at which point, because from all of your experiences, where did social entrepreneurship then step in, you know? Yeah. So in the, when I, when I uh, left the university, after I left the university, I just started working because I needed to make money. But then a friend of mine asked me, like, I want to said, I want to promote you, but what do you really do? And I couldn't explain, like, I'm consulting. And then she said, yes, of course you're consulting, but what, you know, which niche? And, niche? and I was like, oh, I don't know. And I sat down with a friend. I said, can you please help me to clarify and help me what I'm doing, like really doing? And we sat down like for three hours and we really worked on, um, on my pitch, like what makes me happy. And then I discovered like, I'm, I'm happy when I see people thrive and when I see communities change, uh, change and lives are changing. That is where I, I, that is when I'm happy, but I need to make money. So yeah. uh, I brought those two things together. So I said, I'm, and, and that's when I found out, like I'm a social entrepreneur. So right. I, it's commerce and the social cause like improving people's lives, but also in a commercial way. So you didn't actually set out to become a social entrepreneur. It wasn't no. something that you intentionally did. So, so not in the beginning, no. Not in the beginning, right. So then you're, now you, you realize, okay, probably this is what you're doing and this is what you want. 
Yeah. Um, there are people who hear social entrepreneurship and hear charity. They hear goodwill. Yeah. They hear, you know, of people who are never going to make a lot of money. They just want to, you know, live out, live out, live out of their caravan and do good. So what are some of the biggest misconceptions about social entrepreneurship now that you've been doing it for such a long time? Yeah. So that is a misconception, you know, that, that is a misconception <laughs> that they that you don't make money um, um, because there are like there are so many um, every uh, company has uh, 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 how do you call that uh, social uh, corporate responsibility right yeah. yeah yes and they have budgets so they have large budgets so I I I uh, yeah I they hire me to to create programs for them. And there's a way to do that. Um, for instance, the projects I did for the UN were not for free, uh, but still I helped uh, improve people's lives. So yeah, and everything I do, I work a lot for the government, for the city of Amsterdam. I work for the Ministry of Economic Affairs. These are all large projects, but still it's all social entrepreneurship because it's yeah. connected to a social cause. So, and, and that doesn't mean everybody has to do it the way I did it because I love consulting and come up with creative solutions to improve people's lives, but there are other ways. So that is why I also started FemStart because that is just my own thing, like my own uh, project, my own business to help improve women's lives. And then it's another way. Then you have to start with raising funds and looking for investors. So there are different ways to be a social entrepreneur. You can be the consultant, but you could also be the founder. The founder part is the, the hard part. You know, that's where you really need to work on your network, to find the right people, to help you build the business, and also find the means to support the business. Yeah. Right, right. I really love that. Um, so one thing that I would 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 like to know, because um, once people hear entrepreneurship or starting a business, they know, okay, it, it's hard work. It's probably most of the time a male-dominated industry, depending on which industry it is. Um, but when it comes to social entrepreneurship, uh, it kind of has a different image, you know, just like Kimberly said. Um what are still some of the challenges within social entrepreneurship that you endure or go through or you run into on 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 a weekly or a reoccurring basis so what uh, from the consulting side i don't have problems because i've built a portfolio and it's very easy but from the the like the femstar the business you really have to be very clear on what your added value is like, why would somebody invest in you? And that takes time. So that is you're almost evangelizing your business. Like really explaining in very uh, simple ways why people should invest in your business. And that is it's not easy. It is not easy. But it works. I've, uh, I, last week I, had a, I, I gave a presentation and every... Every time I talk to people, I have an elevator pitch. So even if I'm when I'm consulting, I will talk about FemStart so that it stays in their head everywhere they see me. I now, love that. They they know that oh yes, it's about yeah. FemStart, you know. So, but 
but it takes time. It's not that easy. So that is why I believe in multiple streams of income. Because we're especially, and it's, it's not only for social entrepreneurs, for any entrepreneur, you should not bet on one horse, you know? You should have more uh, ways yeah. to make money. And of course, the the, the, the founding part, the temp start is the hardest part to raise money now. But the moment it's gonna, you know, when, when the money's there, then you can move fast and you have your other uh, stream of income that can support us, uh, can take off care of other yeah. business in your life. Yes. And it takes off the pressure off of one thing and probably the pressure that we put on ourselves as well. Yes. Um, having wanting to achieve something or bills <laughs> to pay yes. Yes. <laughs> within a particular uh, frame of time. And yes. um, I think it's also helpful for people that really want to, to strategize. It takes some um, pressure off your shoulders. You can just sit down and be like, what, what direction am I going on um, this year or next period or, or any of that? So uh, one thing that I really love, because you, you, you know, you, you, you speaking so relaxed, you're really determined, you're like, you know, network, have your vision, have your plan. Um, at what point do you know, okay, these are the people I should be around. This is what I should do. How do you know when you are making the right decisions? What's the sign? Uh, you have to trust your God. That's the only thing I'm going to tell you. You know that you know that you know. And most of the time we don't listen to that voice, you know, that inner voice that is telling us because that is that is the fun part of entrepreneurship, but also the dangerous part when you don't listen to it. Yeah. And, um, and, and the people like you build, the, what is also very important is to build relationships. So what I see a lot is that people come and then they immediately want to cash in, you know, want to make money out of that relationship. But it doesn't work that way. It takes time. You build that relationship. And sometimes it goes very fast. You know, you get the project. But another time it doesn't. Then you just, you know, move along. And it could be four years, five years. And then suddenly somebody says, hey, I was thinking about you. And uh, there is the project. Yeah. So, yeah, it takes time. It's not, it is not, uh, but it's a fun, it's very, yeah, fun thing to do. <laughs> I feel like this is such an important thing that you mentioned because I don't think people realize enough how much seeds you need to plant before you see results. And also yeah. that seeds don't grow overnight. You need to water it. You know, the soil needs to be overturned. Like it takes time. And so for us to, I mm. think, social media and the world wide web has some part to play in this because we're constantly every day being confronted with seemingly overnight successes and then we are also very much headline readers now because there's so much content so now we only read the headline this startup uh yeah. founded whatever in 2018 got 30 million well they were founded in 2018 but they were working on it for maybe eight years before that time and so I'm the person I would go and read like, okay, what was the process here, right? But yeah. many of us won't. And so we have this kind of feeling of pressure that, you know, I must be doing something wrong if I'm not seeing instant results. Yeah. And every time I'm speaking to seasoned entrepreneurs, I'm now learning that, no, 
if you those that are successful they used years and years to build relationships to understand exactly what they're good at to learn to grow to expand and so i feel yeah. as though now and that's this is why i wanted to do women about business have in-depth conversations with people who have been through the process or are still building because yeah. it shows you the real life it shows you exactly the steps that you need to take and it doesn't sugarcoat it i don't like you know it when we have like success stories without the journey so thank you so much for for mentioning that and you also touched on something very important which is funding you know raising funds and having you know your finances and one of the yeah. i think is ironic is at one hand you are helping women to also get to the stage where they are you know in a position to raise funding themselves because they have their businesses in order um and the other hand you're in the middle of it yourself as you are a a, a founder and you constantly have to be building those bridges and reaching those making those relationships have you seen that in social entrepreneurship specifically but also as a woman so it's actually two questions <laughs> that it is harder to and how is it harder than to raise funds as a black woman even <laughs> i wasn't going to say it but it's not harder um yeah well the thing is i've been in this business for many years so for me it's not that difficult i must honestly it's not that difficult because i've proven i have i have built things before so people know me you know when i yeah. talk to them they say yeah you built before so i but um the question was is it difficult to raise yeah. funds um it is not easy of course but yeah. you need to understand the mindset of an investor you need to understand why would somebody give like invest their money in your business so you have to make the product as attractive to them and that is uh, something i help people with and i know how to do it so it is not i i have to be honest for me it's not that difficult so um but yes so because that was your question yeah and thank you for that answer i think i want to then go deeper and say okay look now that we know that if you have built your portfolio it helps and also if mm -hmm. you understand how to how to how to ask and who to ask if you are not a social entrepreneur um and you have been able to help people with their pitches and all of those things mm -hmm. um how do you then um have you seen a difference between women raising money if they are social entrepreneurs and those that are doing something that is more seen as more, being more profitable in perception it is harder it is harder right and what i tell them is to the persevere because that is the only way you know mm -hmm. and the moment they raise the money then they say oh maria now i understand what you mean i said yeah i told you it is it takes <laughs> time it yeah. takes time but you have to believe you know in what you're doing and yeah. that is uh that is i think uh yeah an issue with a lot of entrepreneurs you know then you get disappointed somebody doesn't even give you the money or they didn't even dare to look at you because that yeah. happened very painful uh, <laughs> it's very painful 
But then yeah. you go, you you know, you push further, you start building your network, you share the story because they cannot kill your enthusiasm and they cannot kill your, you know, your ideas. It is you yeah. are the one who can do that. So, I, and that's what I tell them is look for, if plan A doesn't work, start looking for plan B. If plan B doesn't work, start looking for plan C. That's, yeah, that's the only way. And every entrepreneur does that. Even if you look at um, uh, the founder of Apple was a Syrian man, you know, he was an Arabic man. Do you think it was easy for him? I doubt that, you know, in a country yeah. where, where, you know, people with a different background are not, you know, welcome. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yes, and we have to understand that, but he didn't give up. So th that is very important to, uh, of course, I always say I'm, I'm going to give a, a, a lecture in August to uh, the group Digital Africa about creative yeah. problem solving in this world, in this post-COVID society. Yeah. You constantly have to come with creative solutions. And that is from the plan A to the plan B to the plan C to the plan D, you know, until you hit it and you're like, oh, yeah, I got the money. And, you know, and that joy of raising the funds after the struggle is the greatest joy. Right. Right. It's the biggest type of satisfaction that you can get. Yes. Definitely. I, I love that. I love how uh, how you're able to kind of like connect the dots and uh, from your own perspective, as well as your experiences, your experiences with other entrepreneurs have helped you shape some type of uh, backbone or some type of strong mindset for you to be the person that you are, basically. Um, I know this is not a question that was listed, but I just want to know. Um, now, you know, you have this distinct name. People know you, they know they, you know, this is Marion Spear. If you're going to talk to her, you're talking to the one and only, um, how has been the process of establishing that? Was it a purposeful uh, process where you was like, okay, I intentionally want to be known for this and this and that, or did it come to you as you delivered the good job that you always did? It's both. So always deliver the good job. That's my fr the first job I had at KPN. It was many, many years ago. Yeah. And, uh, the manager, uh, he was a very influential manager within the company, said, people know about you because you always deliver, you know? And that's a brand. You are, Then you become a brand. But yeah. the, the, the branding itself was intentional, yes. So I know exactly what to say, but that's what I said in the beginning. That's about your strategy, yeah. mm -hmm. your strategy. So the strategy is connected to the branding. The mm -hmm. strategy is I, I want to become a social entrepreneur. I want to help female entrepreneurs. You know, I want to yeah. do things with entrepreneurship. That is your brand. And yeah. that should be intentional. So every time I talk to somebody, if it's in the the media or whatever, I will stick to those three things. So it is important to have that elevator pitch, not just talking to people, but even when you're being interviewed, don't go like, you know, say six, seven things and people don't know what you stand for, but keep it short and to those three topics and go in depth in that, into that uh, information about yourself. So it is, yes, it is very intentional. Mm. Yes. 
I love that. that. But I have a, a communications background, so it was yeah. also easy for me. But if you don't have that background, look for people who can help you with that. It comes naturally. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. So in the meantime, for all of you who are uh, listening, I just want to give a shout out to a few people that are uh, engaging with us at this uh, moment. Uh, you know, at first hand, I was like, you know what, let me drop uh, some type of video as way of advertising. But since my technical mishaps, I will just leave that alone. <laughs> I, give, I give a shout out to uh, Sean Chloe, who says, ladies, get yourself a mentor, Femstart, uh, Fempreneur Help. Pint NL is here to help. We are open and ready to help you. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> that <laughs> is as part of the team. Oh, that's it. That's the spirit. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And also shout out to uh, Vivian Aqua, who is so much uh, uh, engaging with our conversation. And she said, planting seeds is a vital, very much so. Uh, very plays a very vital role in all that we do. We're talking to Marion Spear, and she is the woman that knows about entrepreneurship and so much more. And I really would like for you to feel free to drop questions, uh, remarks that you have, so that we could pick that up in, let's say, about five minutes. We'll be picking up the questions uh, that are here. And uh, also share it on your timeline on uh, Facebook. If you're listening through YouTube, uh, do share the link uh, because this is info. You should be having your notes ready as of now. <laughs> um, I, I would really like to know from you because I know we have some questions that we still need to chip, chip in. Uh, Marion Spear, your work on the continent. Um, I know you are playing so many influential roles uh, uh, on the continent. Could you share a bit about that, uh, what you're doing, what's in the in the works? Yes, yeah, so we started with uh, FemStart. Uh, I started with FemStart Africa. And then uh, the first country I went to, because I knew a few people there, is Ghana. And, uh, and what we did, we wanted to test if it's, you know, if people were really waiting for this. So first we had a conversation with a group of female entrepreneurs and we asked them and they said, yes, we are really looking for mentors to help us go to that next level. Also, it was very difficult for the female entrepreneurs to raise funding, uh, to get a loan and how to do that, how to build their business. So we did a survey amongst the, the, the female entrepreneurs and what we've seen, there were three groups that were very active. Uh, female entrepreneurs in Ghana specialized in food, skincare, and fashion, of course. Right. And but what we discovered is that a lot of them, their their companies are not tech enabled. So it stays on a like a small business level, and it was very difficult for them to scale. So that's what we're working on. Kimberly was also um, is also. Um, coaching one of the, the 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 winners because we wanted to test it with one winner and see how it goes and what yeah. we discovered is mostly a mindset thing and the entrepreneurial mindset is different than the small business mindset and um well we're, right. we're working on that so we created we now in in the process of creating a, a program and I had a call with a friend of mine who set up, uh, I am the coach, she's from Senegal, and she's going to uh, help us set up the, the online platform 
because she's used to working with female entrepreneurs in the continent and set up a mentoring online mentoring program for them. But the goal right. is access to funding. It is not just the mentoring, you know, the helping. It yeah. is how, like, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? What does it mean to persevere? You know, when the nice job comes along, are you still going to be that entrepreneur or are you going to for that nice job? You know, so yeah. what you see a lot. And now the next stop today, I had a call about Nigeria. So the next stop is Nigeria. And there's where we're going to, because what you see, of course, there are 54 countries in Africa and they're not yeah. the same. A lot of people think that. So yeah. well, that's a different approach. We're going to start with a workshop first. Completely different where we had in, in Ghana, we had a competition in, in Nigeria. We'll start with a workshop just to explain what it means to be an right. entrepreneur and not just a small business owner, but really uh, thinking, working on the mindset part of being in business and how to raise funds. Very right. simple thing. It's like, um, you know, when you pitch to to uh, a rich person, you know, how do you behave? You know, like simple things. But those <laughs> things are very important, you know, to be taken seriously. And uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, there's a group of, uh, I'm creating a tribe there. So that's a new journey I'm taking. Hey, uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, I must say, you know what I love about black women? They will support you. You know, when you say you're going to set up a thing, uh, they came and everybody's willing to help and to bring this to uh, another level. So, yes. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about everything that you're doing. Obviously, and for me, I like it because um, as being half Ghanaian and half Suriname, I'm like, yes, now we're finally <laughs> joining forces and doing something. No, because I feel like especially, you know, we've come a long way even as Suriname people and, you know, Ghanaians and Nigerians who are in Amsterdam kind of not seeing each other as allies. And now us just bundling our forces and saying, well, they see us as one color, so why don't we? And so yeah. now actually joining exactly and doing <laughs> things together to empower us as a community and recognizing that there's so much more um, strength in that. So Marianne, you have so much experience. We have we have so many things to, to talk about. Probably we should do another segment on <laughs> topic uh, because there's so much more to dive deep into. I want to ask you um, three. Um, I'm going to ask you four uh facts and uh or fibs just make statements and ask you what is your opinion firstly and then we'll dig into the most interesting answer you have given us okay. and you don't have a lot of time to think so the first thing that comes to mind that's what you have to say okay okay so the first statement as a social entrepreneur you can never grow rich that's not true Okay, having a social enterprise is the same as practicing corporate social responsibility in a large corporation. Not true. Real social entrepreneurship is never for profit. Not true. Most social entrepreneurs do not care much about business. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You're 
if you have to choose, fact or fib? I think like if they if they start understanding what uh, entrepreneurship really is, then they change. There is, there is a change now happening about like regarding social entrepreneurship. Before it was more charity work and people didn't get it, but now I must say since 2018, people are starting to understand what it really means. So, but you have a large group of people who have a charity and they call themselves a social entrepreneur. So, yeah. but it's not social entrepreneurship. No. But that's not social. So I and I really want to elaborate on that one because I think that this is probably where most of the confusion comes from. You see yeah. all of the people running uh, NGOs or having nonprofit organizations yeah. and then also calling themselves social entrepreneurs. And so I am not surprised that a lot of people view that as being social entrepreneurship because yeah. there are more of those than that I know of people who are actually doing things for profit and mm -hmm. calling themselves social, probably not even calling themselves social entrepreneurs. They're just calling themselves entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. Yeah. So my question therein is, is um, are real, real social entrepreneurs the ones uh, not labeling themselves as social entrepreneurs intentionally? Most intentionally, yes, because they don't know how to explain the term. But for me, because I work on an international level, it's it's a clear uh, for for my branding. It is important. I do that mm -hmm. uh, because I work with a lot of governments. And if I position myself as an entrepreneur, then for them they will think that um, you're not doing this to help others. You know. So, uh, but. Uh, most of them call themselves just a venture, but they like it's social entrepreneurship. But right. they, they don't call themselves a social entrepreneur. That's true, yes. And a lot of people who have charities call themselves social entrepreneur, but it isn't social entrepreneurship. That is not true. Right. <laughs> it is a combination of commerce and social costs, and that is uh, social entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And having an NGO, you're not working for profit, you know, you just, yeah, that is, that is, that is have, when you're an NGO, that is even a legal entity, you cannot, you're not allowed to make profit. Right. I don't have an, um, I don't have a charity. I don't have a foundation. Right, right, right. Well, thank you so much for clearing that up. I think yeah. we have some questions that, um, Agassina, perhaps sure. I don't. Sure, we we have that. Well, uh, first first we do have a shout out from uh, from a male, uh, Hamid Rahman, who's saying, "I like your discussions. It helps a lot." And that comes from a male, so that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Uh, let's look at a question from uh, Vivian Aqua, who's saying, uh, "Question for Marion: What advice would you have given yourself, um, your thirty year old self?" What advice and now, why? right? You're 30 now, right? <laughs> I wish you look 30. And <laughs> <laughs> Vivian knows. No. Um, what advice would I have given my 30 year self? At that time, I was working at a ministry of Vikina uh, Waterstadt uh, travel. Yeah. Infrastructure. And what would I, yeah, it was too, I was trying too hard, you know, I was trying too hard to be perfect. 
And what I learned is, you, you know, not everybody will accept you. So I've learned to live with that. So I'm never bothered by gossip or what people think of me. You know, I don't, I'm, I don't care about that. But when I was 30, I was really worried about what people would think, how I should move. And then you're, you know, you're not relaxed. And now I don't yeah. care. I don't care. And it also helps being in the business because sometimes you have a client and you don't agree with the client. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do it perfectly, then you, you know, you're going to please the client and don't, you don't do a good job. But now I give feedback to the client and say, I don't think this is the right way to address this problem. Yeah. And that is when I was 30, I would never, like, I would just execute. <laughs> that is for a 30-year person. And it's good to do it. You know, you learn from that. Right. Right. Valuable advice. <laughs> a lot of us can learn from that still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I could learn from that. Uh, I must say as being, um, well, 31, 31-ish, <laughs> I, I, I must say that, you know, um, to, to get to that point of being bold enough to be like, you know what, this might be my task, but I don't think it's going to work. I think it, it does need a type of experience. You know what I mean? I, 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 I do. Cause if I compare myself to some of my colleagues that I've been around who have been able to say that I'm like, but you have, you have really, you have really learned from life in its, in its fullness. Yes. 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 It takes time. It's not, that is why she asked when I was 30, but, uh, I feel, <laughs> <you know? laughs> the and I've learned to say like not to give the feedback immediately to the client, but really right. think sometimes I, it takes me two weeks to think about it before I answer. Right. But I do it, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Takes a bold step. And um, also, why would you give that advice to your 30-year-old self? What would you do different if you would be standing beside yourself and you'd be like, don't don't even worry about, <laughs> about what you're doing? I was too stressed sometimes when something like you... Because you, when you just execute, when there's a problem, the employer yeah. said you have to execute and it goes wrong, you know, and then you're too hard on yourself, but it like, it would not work out. And you like, if the moment you would say, let me think about this problem, let's talk to the, the, the manager and say, hey, I don't think this will work, you know? Yeah. And if you... When you're 30, you cannot explain it also why it will not work. So that is also a problem. And um, yeah, it would have made life so much easier. I would like, yeah, not to be too stressed and too perfect. But I must say the whole being perfect also helped me in my career. Hmm. I love that. <laughs> well, I think it's, it, to me, it makes perfect sense what you just said, because I think um, I'm at a stage where I'm transitioning from understanding that, yes, I want to deliver good work near to perfect results, but not at any cost. And so I am now at a point where, yes, if I feel like what you're saying is bull, I'll call you out on it and tell you, look, do this differently. But at the same time, when I do feel like this is something we can work with, I make sure that I execute it 
to the best of my abilities. And I think that is where the difference lies. It's when you're just, like you said, being an, somebody who executes, you are never going to be able to do your best job if you don't really stand behind it. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, and also a question from uh, Mensa Gary, last question that we pick <laughs> up on. Um, my question is when a man cares too much, <laughs> Does that? <laughs> when, my question is when a man cares too much does that make him soft and i think this question arose when we are when kimberly pointed out you know um the vulnerability yeah oh, the vo yeah okay 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 yeah when a man cares no no it makes him strong i think uh, uh i've had managers who really took care of us male managers who um who had a lot of empathy and they were the best teams you know like because you were able to go to him and be vulnerable and say hey i, I don't think i'm going to make it can you help me out with this mm -hmm. and i think when uh, uh when a man cares is i don't believe in too much you know in a company yeah, hmm. yeah. I agree. I think, and like you said, it shows strength, but what we have learned, if we have learned anything about leadership, especially if you want to lead the next generation, is that you need to be accessible and transparent and real. And yeah. so all of those things um, can only be shown, or I think one of the ways you show that is by showing that, yes, you care, but also that you make mistakes, that you're a human being, and that that also invites other people to respond to you in the same way. So now yeah. we're seeing this whole new wave of leadership skills, but now we're not telling them like leadership means that you know how to, you know, get the right figures out every month, you know, in any, through any means necessary. Now it's like, how do we get people motivated to get you those results? Yes. Especially in this time where everybody's sitting behind the screen, you know? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Every, everybody has uh, has taken and one. You have a manager who doesn't care. You're not going to work hard. You're going mm -hmm. outside. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Um. Woof, look at the time. When good conversations <laughs> take place, uh, the time just uh, flies. Um, Marin, what I would really like to know from you, and this is, I think this counts for every entrepreneur out there. Something that I could work on is like, what would be your advice as to managing the many tasks that you're on, the many job positions? Um, what is your advice as to managing it all from week to week? Cause I definitely could use some advice <laughs> for my hectic schedule as well. All of us. <laughs> yeah. So what I do, I organize, like I organize everything, like every meeting, every social gathering, I have it planned. Uh, you have Google schedule to do that, uh, Google calendar. So that, that's the digital organizing part. But also I, things that I, if I'm not making money, I, I'm not going like from the business part. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I see. Oh, yeah. I always, I also said to Kimberly, all these webinars, did you see me doing any webinars? <laughs> no, I'm making money, you know, like I don't have time for that. <laughs> I love that. People are asking me to do a webinar. I'm like, no, you know, I'm not yeah. going to do that because 
I have to make money. I'm an entrepreneur and nobody's going to take care of me. So You're I'm so right. really, you have to set your priorities straight. And Absolutely. your priority as an entrepreneur is what is, how am I going to make money now in this COVID time and focus on that first. And then, of course, the giving back, like I mentor a lot of people for free. That's a different thing, you know, that is the giving back to the community. But doing uh, things that will not lead to anything, no, I don't. So that is why my schedule is not, I have a lot of things to do, but my schedule is not full. It's planned. Tomorrow I'm going to a movie premiere with somebody. I have the time to do that. After that, I have a call with the U.S. That's making the money part but i planned it you know yeah so first organizing and then everything you don't make money and it's not like it's not if you have the strategy and you say for you uh you say i i want uh, these three things i want to reach and everything that's connected to that um and you don't make money out of that, you can plan. Everything that does not fit into those three things, you yeah. should not do. Yeah. yeah. And what we're doing now, especially in this time, we're wasting a lot of time and we're, we're losing money because yeah. we're not focused. Yeah. We don't mm -hmm. have a strategy and we don't think about, okay, where do I want to be in one year? Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to do a segment about focus. <laughs> and strategy seriously because this is so important and i think that if we're looking at your your journey and all that you have achieved a lot of the yeah. things that we keep hearing back is you were focused and you had a strategy and so i think a lot of us can learn so much from doing just that absolutely absolutely i think that everybody should look at this and take their notebook because this is going to push them forth a long a long way in their uh, entrepreneurial uh, journey. Um, well, as time is flying and as we're, we're, we're rounding up uh, app, um, women about business, I stand to be corrected. Um, Marion, do you have any last words for especially the black female entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs out there that you would like to push them forward with? Um, don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid mm -hmm. to take risks. Don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to connect with people you don't know that are out of your comfort zone. Uh, look out for like-minded people who are maybe necessary, not, maybe not like you, but they're not the same, but they have the same mindset as you. Yeah. And support yourself with a group of mentors and a tribe. We have a platform called Tempreneur Hope.nl for the Dutch speaking black women uh, listening to help them out with that. But I think the thing is most of the time, because we're not raised that way, we are not raised to take risks. We are raised to nurture and take care of people. We're not raised to step out and move and go for it. And, um, so I, I think to be open to others that have that same mindset and learn from them, I think that can bring you uh, to unexplicable heights. <laughs> <laughs> wow, those are so inspiring and valuable words. Thank you so much for that. Marianne. You're welcome, you're welcome.
And uh, again, thank you so much for making some time out in your busy schedule. From now on, just like you, I'm going to go for it. If it doesn't bring money, <laughs> you're going to have to put it somewhere <laughs> at the end of the list. <laughs> on that note, I'm out. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, th thank you so much, Marion Spear. Uh, last but not least, uh, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you uh, online? Yes, so they can connect via uh, uh, LinkedIn mostly and i'm on instagram and my name marianne spear uh that's where they can connect and then we have the website fem-star.com and fempreneurhope.nl and i have my consulting but that's mostly b2b i am marianne.nl look out for that thank you very much uh, uh marianne our, our role model our woman <laughs> power woman in business uh thank you so much and uh have a have a fantastic week Thank and uh, ladies, I want to wish you good luck because I know it's not an easy road being no. a black female entrepreneur in the Netherlands. I, I, I'm happy that you're doing your both very eloquent and uh, professional. I, I hope this platform you have will grow and uh, become much better. You're Thank you. Thank you. So much. You're <laughs> Thank welcome. you. Okay. Thank goodbye. You. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Okay, Kimberly, that brings us to our third guest. Is it our third guest, the Women About Business? We have a three-month anniversary. Yes. Three-month anniversary. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right. Oh gosh, and we and we have so many, um, so many special guests listed um, for our forthcoming Women About Business. So excited about this! I was really excited about this one, especially because, um, you know. The perfect example of, you know, diaspora, but also like being an ally to Africa, even if you're not identified as an African and all of those things combined mm -hmm. as a woman, that's just, again, showing us how important it is for us to be connected yeah. and for us to kind of be in the same space. If we have the same goals, why not work together and share our stories so that we can grow? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's um it's also good to look at some of the possibilities, examples that are out there, so that people can have a Whoa. new way of framing, framing and um, seeing seeing how collaborations, healthy collaborations, go about, where it's not um you know anywhere related to anything negative or you know some type of drama, because that that's also like a black people thing, like the trust. <laughs> <laughs> the trust within ourselves is also something that we could work on, you yeah. know, if, uh, if you ask me. So this is, this is really refreshing to see uh, the many facets, uh, many ways of in which collaboration can take place within the diaspora in its full sense. Yes. I loved it. Definitely. So, guys, thank um, you so much for tuning in. Absolutely. Um, I want to say a personal thank you to everybody else that has been supporting us over the past three months. I see that we're growing in audience and following people actually asking, oh, when is the next episode? You know, yeah. people suggesting topics. And so, you know, because a lot of the times we forget that, you know, setting up a new show or a program or whatever, it takes time for people to get accustomed, for it people does. to put it in their agenda, for people to even find it interesting. And yeah. it's just very encouraging to see how how the conversation actually continues even after we air. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so look forward to uh, Women About Business. Uh, we'll be back next month. And uh, myself and Kimberly have yet to sit down because we might put put some interesting twist in there. But uh, that will that will be to be announced. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Kimberly, for joining. Thank you for listening to Women About Business. Join us every week on Thursdays on this podcasting platform. Do you want to catch us live? Join our show on High Radio on every Tuesday, 8 p.m. CET. Connect with us and join our discussions on Instagram or LinkedIn at Women About Business. And follow me, Miss Ava, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ms.aba.